Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. All right, guys, on this week's episode, we have with us a photographer, director, and educator who has worked with the likes of Nike, Adidas, Intel, and Pandora in their quest to reimagine representation to encompass, you know, the beauty of intersectional identities. And with over 2 million views on YouTube, please welcome to the show, Gia Goodrich. Welcome, Gia. Hello, thanks. I'm so excited to be here. I know. I love it. I love it. And just us connecting before, I'm like, I love her. <laughs> I know. I was like, we're going to be best friends. I know, right? I'm like, oh, maybe it's the fact that we both swear. Mm, no. Right. <laughs> so let's get down to business. I mean, here you are. You started sort of life, career, interest, whatever you want to call it, you know, really in the area of dance. And, you know, like so many of us, feeling a bit like an outsider looking in, not kind of fitting in, not fitting the mold, you know. (laughs) Um, And in your words, you were built short and built like a tank. Yep. (laughs) Um, But really, you know, taking that experience and in my opinion, really becoming an activist for women, women's voices, women's, you know, positions. And here you are, mixed black, bilingual, a gay woman with ADHD in fabulous America that doesn't judge anyone, right. <laughs> you know, and, and really I love it because, you know, reading about your background and what you're doing, you know, I feel like we're kind of, I love it on the planet. I feel like a lot of us are kind of finally coming in unison, kind, kind of coming into the oneness and really taking our specialty and helping, you know, in, in lack of a better term, helping elevate the consciousness of humans on the planet, right? Really yeah. learn about that oneness. And you're doing it in your own unique way. And I love it. So tell me a little bit, take me on this journey. How does one go from tiny little girl built like a tank, try to do right. dance to, you know, this <laughs> gritty energy, you know, realness and determination and really building it. And I'm talking like, like the bold bitch podcast, right? Covering taboo <laughs> topics and, and doing what you do. Um, t- take me on this journey. Yeah, for sure. Well, it is twisty and windy, just fair warning, because I like I as a little baby child did not fit in to the cultural sphere. Right. I'm I was mixed and I always kind of had this loud personality and it either resonated people or didn't. So I had a lot of messages that were trying to make me smaller, that made me feel and internalize that I wasn't okay, And yet I always had this internal knowing. And to me, that's actually a part of of what I called boldness is having the audacity to listen to that. And so I always had this internal knowing that I was supposed to do something where I was going to have a large impact. So it just like wound through, I did dance, I was going to be, I was I went to LA to become the next Meryl Streep and uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I studied psychology and I was going to, I was going to be a fabulous award-winning clinical psychologist and then a fine artist. And I just bounced around from so many things. And one of my, and by the way, let's say with lots of imposter syndrome, lots of moments where of I'm thinking, of course, there's, I'm not going to make anything with my life because the disparity between the internal knowing that I'm meant to do something on a large scale and the reality of me in my apartment feeling like a fuck up and a failure was just too much to transverse like every day. Right. So I just kept 
trying things. And I ended up as a commercial photographer figuring out that my superpower really, uh, which I think ultimately comes from ADHD, that to cover up for my ADHD-ness, I learned about people and like how to really see them and connect with them. And actually what I'm digging into now is I think kind of the realization that that part of that is like a trauma response that I've developed this superpower to like protect me. So I, yes. So I ended up becoming a commercial photographer and really leveraging that with people and helping them feel confident and seen and validated, which of course are all the things that I wanted as a kid. <laughs> and then and then just kept winding around. And through this process, what I've realized is that the more I double down on being me, the more I'm vulnerable, the more I show up in my 100% authentic spastasticness, <laughs> the more that people resonate with that energy and the more of an impact I have. So right now I'm just super passionate about having the conversations, offering the tools like on places on YouTube and really helping empower other people to do that same thing. Whilst also yeah. still dealing with imposter syndrome myself, <laughs> like still right. going through it, but teaching in motion. Right. And I love that. And I love it because you know, what's really funny is like, even though we're so different, I think we have a lot of the same sort of backstory as an Asian American, but adopted into all white people living in a white neighborhood. I was definitely not okay. And it's not even like you can go home to your parents and be like, Oh my God, this happened. They they don't get it. Like they just, you can never get what you don't experience. You just don't understand it. You can never understand that feeling of walking into the room and truly being the odd man out different. Mm -hmm. And at a time, you know, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties at a time where it's like, (laughs) what, (laughs) you know, and I feel you because I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be an actress and it definitely does come from trauma. It does come from being that, that outsider, right? right? Because you want the significance. You want to feel like all those things. And that's a really vulnerable position. And it's weird. Like, I don't know how you are. I can literally get on a stage, try a trial. I'm a retired attorney in front of strangers Right. Because to me, it's like, I can fake it. You don't know the real me. You don't know that I'm this little lost girl that has nothing smart enough. Isn't good enough. You don't know that I could bullshit you right there on stage. Right. Right. (laughs) Or, 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 or mind fuck you in a jury. You know what I mean? And put on Mm -hmm. this big presentation. It's like acting to me. Whereas if my mom was sitting in that room or my brother or my best friend, I'd be like, "Mm, (laughs) you know, it took me a long time to be able to speak in front of people I knew. Right. And that really knew me, like knew the history, knew who I really was. Cause it was almost like that imposter syndrome. It's like, well, they know the real me. They've seen it when it sucked. They've seen me when I was homeless. They, they know like I was suicidal. Like, how can I sit here and be like, fuck the world. Life is awesome. But right. that was me yesterday. Yeah. You're never the same person. But I feel you because that's funny that you said actress because I was like, me too. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, and the thing is, too, like, I feel like that in that cultural zeitgeist, I don't know about you, but I just wanted to be Cher from Clueless, right? I wanted to be rich and blonde with a little petite body (laughs) that was like, like, whatever. Like, that was my goal. And, of course, I was set up to fail from the jump. But uh, that was the closest way I could imagine getting to it. And the feedback I got was I think like I don't I don't believe in regret for this reason because I think everything you go through really sets you up for where you end up needing to be. But the feedback I always got was, and it never comes directly to you, right? It always comes to like the agents and managers, but it was, we love her. However, we don't know who we could get to play her parents. I.e. 
you being mixed would actually do harm to the production. So we're going to go with a monoethnic, presumably white person to really fill that in. And that has let it's lit such a huge fire under me that I wasn't even acutely aware of at the time where it's just like, I like, fuck this. I am not going to have my life be determined by all these power brokers out there. I'm going to make the images I want to see. I'm going to create the content I want to see. And it becomes like a part of your, you know, superhero origin story. And I imagine it's the same for you. And even though it sucks and we want to change the world, I think it's, a part of why we want to have this impact is because, you know, people were just jerks to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that there's a massive, massive impact there. And I think that, you know, and this is going to sound so weird. Yes, people, I know I'm a weirdo space cadet, (laughs) but I honestly believe that that's part of the human experience in our process to elevate our consciousness. Yeah. You know, like, you know, and I I always relate to like eagles, which is the weirdest thing, but like, I love information. So I like, I know a lot of shit about a whole bunch of irrelevant shit, but like, you know, eagles, the mothers line the nest with thorns so that at some point when the baby gets too big, it's forced to leave the nest. Okay. It's a painful process. Also in an eagle's life, at some point they have to rip their fucking beak off. Okay. Because it grows in a certain way and starts to grow down. And that's just their process. They literally have to rip their face off to survive or starve and die. So, 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 I mean, there's some weird, yeah. Right. It's like, what the fuck? Right. And so, so it's kind of like weird. I kind of feel like if you notice those of us who are on a higher level of elevation within this journey, Mm-hmm. right? A higher level of consciousness. And we're always growing, always growing. Right. I was ch- saying this the other day, someone's like, well, isn't there a, like a, an end location? Like there, isn't there a happy end result? Isn't this like, don't you finally arrive? Nah, and I was bro. like, yeah, in the grave. That's the <laughs> yeah, human experience. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not about like arrival. It's about the journey because your arrival is death, dude. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm a little wacky, but yeah, I mean, I feel like if you notice like people like Tony Robbins, Mary Morrissey, um, some of the great, you know, even interviewers, like people who are really uh, attuned, pay attention, understanding, right? Um, high level of communication. They're all people who have been through some crazy shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and have just really d- decided. That's all it is. It's a decision mm-hmm. that these circumstances aren't going to fuck me. Fuck you. Right. Like, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. And you see how that elevates people. That's that's really interesting, though. Um, yeah. And it, that's so true. And it's not to say that I win at that every day. You know, like yesterday, <laughs> I was having a very poor me day because still the idea of where I should be, what I should be doing, the connections I should have are always going to be aspirational. I'm never going to to fully embrace that because then the bar just gets set higher. So yesterday I was definitely having a a poor me day, but having the tools to be able to reframe it when you're ready and say, okay, this is where I am. And what I'm really working on myself, which has been super helpful is instead of focusing on the gap between myself and where I think I should be or the future Gia is to look in relationship to my past you know, and 15 years ago when I was a crazy, broke, struggling college student that, because I can't do laundry because of my ADHD brain, just had clothes everywhere, you know, like <laughs> I am really doing awesome. Like if she could see me now, like she would, she would be like, wow, like we are winning at life. 
And to, so to, I actively try to reimagine that perspective when I'm feeling really low and like poor me about it because yeah, yeah it's so hard to internalize your accomplishments. So hard. yeah, that's actually a practice that I make my my clients do because especially for us high achievers, the second it's done, it's out of your mind. Meaning right? like all the, right, right. So I literally in time, I can't even wait to the end of the day because I will not remember the quote achievement of the day. And they could be huge. Yeah. Like I literally, if it happens, I have to write it down in my journal. And then at the end of the week, when I have to go back and say, Hey, what, what do I think I really accomplished this week? The second I say that I say, Oh, nothing really. But then I go back and flip out. Oh, look at that. I actually finished an entire nice. book proposal. Oh my God, I did that. Oh my God. And you're like, I actually did something. Okay. I feel better about myself. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, oops. Yes. And well, then I always tell I'm them, don't do... should yourself. Oh, sorry. Yes. I was gonna say, I always tell them like, don't should yourself to death. There is no should. There's what the fuck do you want? Where are you right now? And what's in your capacity to just take one step towards it? That's yes. it. Just one step. Whether it's writing the fucking picture down or whatever it is you think or writing the story or writing an outline or buying the thing that you can afford, not the whole thing, right? Like you want to build a giant multi-story mansion, but you can afford the lot of land. Go buy it. Why not? Yeah. Who cares if you don't build on it for 5, 10, 15 years? Yes. Right. That's not the first step anyway. You can't just buy You can't just buy a mansion and plant. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's you have to buy the land first anyway. Right. Go ahead, find the right piece of land. Yeah. Right. If that's what's in your your capability, you know. Yes. Just take that step. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Trying we go to, to should to like, get out of that all or nothing thinking. Yep. Which for girl, people, I'm 46. If we talk about shoulds, I should not be here right now. <laughs> I am so with you. I mean, there's still that part of me that's like, every time I see Meryl Streep, that's like, yeah. That should have been me. Should have been me. I am the biracial Meryl Streep. But it's, but you know what though? It's people like you that lay the foundation. It's people like you, because look, maybe not in your youth did that happen. But now my daughter's a halfling. I have a 12 year old. Mm -hmm. I call her a halfling. She's half Korean and she's actually half whatever else, like Italian and maybe a little bit German or something. Um, but I call her halfling. So the way that she looks like visually is a little bit hmm, like you could be Asian. You're probably Asian, but I don't want to make that assumption. Like me, you look at you're like, oh, you're Asian, right? Like, but her, it's like, hmm. People all over this. Like she had a, a bit of an acting career just for fun, which is funny. People get everything they don't want, right? All she ever wanted to do was be a runway model as a kid. Uh-huh. And she never got a single job, but she got all these like little commercials and little things. And she was on Little Kimmy Schmidt or whatever that thing is. Yeah. And she had a great time, but that wasn't what she wanted. But she got it because she was kind of questionable. Like you could be Asian, like they could throw with Asian parents at a dinner table, but they could also throw with some white people. Like, you know what I mean? Ethnic ambiguity, which is so funny about timing, because of course, during my time of doing it, it was thought to be something that would be disastrous for production and not worth the risk. And now it's pivoted to this thing that's super desirable. And one of the mental switches that I've had to do in, in terms of representation, because that's a big part of, of how I show up in the world is creating the media, working with brands and things like that, is to remember that my desire to feel seen is still there, but now it's kind of our time. So I have to look at, well, who is being edged out because all of the ethnically ambiguous mixed kids are showing up? And really, you know, there there's a, a huge amount of underrepresentation of just the Asian community in general, 
and of monoethnic people, especially like with really deep skin tones, they're being edged out for the more desirable. So I feel like it's always this evolving, (laughs) this evolving wheel that hopefully will roll toward just ultimate validation and representation in this amazing way. But I'm constantly trying to look at different angles of it and figure out what's not there. What are we not seeing? Because it's just... And and hopefully it'll change as people in those power positions shift and turn over. Yeah. I think it will. I think it is. I mean, like I look at Netflix, you know, from a business perspective and look at, you know, the people involved in Netflix, like taking a show Mm -hmm. like Lupin, right? And I don't know if you know that that show, but um, it's an old French book, but Mm -hmm. they have a black actor. Yeah. Right. And it's, and it's all about this other thing. So, I mean, I love it. I love, I love the spins that are coming out and super acceptable. Like nobody would even notice, you know what I mean? Maybe if you're like 50 and you used to read those books as a kid or something, you'd be like, Oh, I didn't realize he was black. Oh, and then that might be it. Right. But all of us who like weren't exposed to it, or this is our first time or they're younger, don't even notice it, which I think is awesome. Like, oh, like, it's not even a thing that they, they wouldn't even mention, oh my God, Lupin's black. Like, no, they're just like, oh, that dude, like that dude's hot. He's playing this thing. Like, you know, like they don't notice. And I think I love that. I just love that. You know, I noticed that they don't notice and I, and I love that. So, you know, obviously I found you actually through LinkedIn to the YouTube video, which has over a million views of Mm -hmm. that particular video, which is a video of how to look better on zoom. Right. And people stop judging right now. I'm not using her tips. So don't be like, ew, but you look like shit. Um, (laughs) Hashtag no judgment. (laughs) Judgment free zone people. Um, But let me ask you this. How do how do you feel like showing up more confidently, even in zoom meetings kind of relates to boldness in the way that you talk about? Yes. Oh, that's such a good question. Because for me, the Trojan horse is I'm going to hook you with how to look good. And then the sneaker message in there is because that sound, it sounds like that's what you need right now to feel more confident, but really mm-hmm. feeling confident and allowing yourself to be seen and to express your feelings and your emotions and really just show up in all of your badassery. That's what I'm most interested in. And that's what I actually think you need. Right. And so for a lot of us, yeah. looking good is like that, that way that we can start to access it. But overall, this confidence and boldness is something that I think we need to cultivate. So the first thing that comes up a lot for me is the idea of confidence. And I think people tend to get it backwards, that they think that you you have the confidence first to do the thing. And, oh, right, then, right. and then that's how it ends up showing up for you. And, and then they don't do it because they're just like, oh, well, I don't actually feel confident. And they're trying to get this confidence. So for me, what I've really realized through lots of research and also my own trial and error is that you, the confidence comes after you do the thing and your brain sees yourself mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to know that every step you take you're going to feel like an imposter and it's going to suck and feel scary and you just have to do it anyways. So I think that is one thing that is really important to me. And then it's how does that relate to boldness? And boldness really is owning that internal voice that tells you, ooh, I should I should try a podcast. I think I could do that. Or I should post this thing on Twitter that really resonates with me. And yeah, it might be weird. I might feel vulnerable about who's going to see it and who's going to comment on it. But but this is something I'm interested in doing. And that voice over the years of socialization 
the years of high yeah. school specifically, can <sighs> get really beat down. And oh, way before high school, oh, right? I know. Way before high school. From the second you're born, right? You're a blank slate, quite literally. Yes. You have no frame of reference. The only thing that you innately know, see, do is you need to be acceptance because that means survival. Right. You need to, right? Because think about this caveman brain. Together, acceptance, you're in the tribe, you're hunting, gathering together, you're, you're a member, you're mm-hmm. protected, right? You know, that's why babies are so freaked out when somebody leaves their, their visual aspect. They think, oh shit, I'm going to die. Right. Right? Like, I mean, this is really what they're thinking. Right. Yeah. And so think about that, that from go, you have these influences that aren't just, they're just not real. Right. Like they're just, they're, they're not you. And the you that you think even up through high school isn't really you. Like you feel it. When you're a baby, you're much closer and in tune with what you want, what you like. You just go for things, right? Mm -hmm. You want that cookie. You're going to climb that thing and ride the dog to the (laughs) counter and and grab that cookie, right? No one's going to tell you no. But all of that stuff gets sort of beaten out of you. Like, oh, stop riding the dog to the cookies. It's not good. Stop eating cookies. You're going to hurt yourself. Stop, stop, stop. No, no, no. Right. This is how it goes. Or even the simple things that we don't realize, like Thanksgiving. Oh, well, oh, our family does it like this. We've done it for a hundred years. Tradition. Think about, think about what that really does. Religion, media, all of it, you know, all of it. And so, you know, when I'm working with people, one of the first things I really want to dig down is to listen to that again, to mm-hmm. listen, to find and feel that inner voice because it's so lost to, you know, so lost. Yes. And, and it can be so scary listening to it because sometimes it's this internal knowing that it's probably time to end yes. the relationship, which then where am I going to live? Yeah. What am I going to do? Am I going to survive being alone? Sometimes it's about your job. Sometimes it's about a hair color yeah. choice. I mean, it can be about so many things. And I, t- I think as a culture, it serves the larger forces that be that we tamp oh, that course. voice down and don't listen to of it. Course. And that, yeah, all sorts of structural oppressive yeah. systems that are like, like, just stay in line and do this. But the funny thing is, is if you listen to past recordings, JFK's speeches, Prince's speeches, Prince mm-hmm. the artist, the former, you know, uh, if you listen to what they say, they knew about all of this. They understood the media. They understood the control mm. based on fear, based on secret societies. Okay, people don't don't start <laughs> messaging me. <laughs> like, Illuminati. Yeah. I know. I'm like, I'm like, and how do you know? But you know what I mean? It's, but I mean, JFK literally uh, referenced these things in many of his speeches, right? Secret societies, the control, not in the US, but globally, the power that they had. He clearly understood something, even way back then. You know what I mean? Prince mentions the same things, and you know who knows what he's referencing. But you know, it's 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 been around. It's been it's been here forever, and it's definitely intentional. Yeah, at some level, you know. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you if you really think about the people whose works have influenced your life, and so for me, I can think specifically. Like Brene Brown is somebody who her her work is just amazing, really has been pivotal in helping me understand a lot of things, vulnerability being one of them. 
if you listen to her, like about how her original TED talk, she's the first one to say, oh no, I didn't, I did not want to do that. There was all this pressure about how to show up and whatever. And there was this little voice inside of her that was just like, just do it and see what happens. And even after for like a year before it aired, she felt like embarrassed and all of these things. And I, but then of course it ended up skyrocketing her into this stratosphere where she has this tremendous impact. And I think for for everyone listening, of course, it's not to say that you have to want those things, right? Your impact can be within your your family and just having this kind of positive relationship where you're really honest with who you are and listening to yourself. But that strengthening that relationship to me is really so pivotal and really the foundation of boldness. Like anybody who's showed up and done something badass or or created something that hasn't been created for, like who is it, Edison, the dude who created the light bulb, like failed 2,000 times. Or I mean, you might have to fact check me because facts are not, not my superpower. <laughs> but, but you know, like there's it. so much failure wrapped in all of these things. And I just... That's my one thing that I'm super obsessed with cultivating in myself and really as a daily meditation, trying to be the boldest, truest version of myself, and then really helping to empower other people to live that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because it circles all the way back to what you were saying about how, you know, the confidence comes second Mm -hmm. and, you know, the way I see it, it's kind of circular, right? People say, oh, you have to have the right mindset. You have to be this, you have to do that. Well, a lot of times proof is in the pudding, right? So how do you jump in? The truth is, is you just jump in at any point, whether you mind F yourself into believing you're confident just to be able to take the step to, to film the thing, to throw it out there, right. To, to get, to develop the mindset so that you are not damaged by the negativity, Mm-hmm. Guys, everybody's going to say something negative. It doesn't really matter, right? Because, yeah. you know, listen, they're not elevated enough to be understanding, understand your message and hear it in its full glory. So don't worry about it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and we were just talking about this before we started uh, the podcast is, you know, for me to do what I want to do with res- with regards to, you know, a, a talk show mm-hmm. means I have to get out of my element of the same thing you're just talking about. Get yes. visible, right? Like my next step is probably YouTube, which I'll talk to you about later. Yay! Later. <laughs> but, but you know, I mean, you know, part of me is like, well, fuck, dude. That means I have to go get dressed every day, have makeup on, like da-da-da. But listen to that talk. Like, listen to that talk. One, do I really need to? I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. You know, first, first, you know, first interaction is the most important. And obviously, we're visual people, blah, 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 right? But... You know, think about, I always say, focus on what you're focusing on. So the second I go to YouTube, I'm thinking about all the work I have to do to make it happen. Right. What do you think that does to my progress? What do you think that does to my reality? Done. Why do you think I haven't had a YouTube channel in a year? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Thur- er, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, what did, I, what did I do? I hit out and wrote a book. Why? Because that's not visible. You mm-hmm. don't know me. Sometimes I even write under a pen name. So ha ha ha. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm still the little girl hiding who's too Asian, not accepted, and it's going to be talked about. Right. Right. And it's, But it's just about noticing it. Yes. And that's what the thing. You know. It's it's yeah. so powerful that you are having this awareness because that's where it starts, right? Is really mm-hmm. saying, okay, what am I not doing? What's the thing? There's the Pareto's law, which is the 80-20 rule. 
I think is yes. how it's commonly referred to, which is that yes. 80% of the shit you do is going to have little to no impact. It's the 20% yep. that's going to get you 80% of the results. So if you can find what that 20% is, usually that 20% is the most scary stuff yes. that you don't want to do that makes your stomach hurt, all that. And yeah. that's what I work to train myself to lean into. And you are so not alone, especially when it comes to YouTube. So yeah. many of the people <laughs> that I'm making videos for or people I talk to on the podcast, it's that same thing where it just, ultimately it's being vulnerable. Ultimately, yep. it's putting something out there knowing that somebody could say, who does she think she is? And that is the moment once you do that and once you train yourself to continually show up that way where all the magic happens. But I yep. mean, spoiler alert, I have, yes, over 2 million views on my channel right now. Actually, it's 2.5 after I checked Ooh. this morning. Yeah, right? It's crazy. <laughs> so arguably, I have a successful channel. And yet... I still feel that way. I will still yeah. procrastinate on making videos and do all the makeup and then sit down to record and then get in my head. It's just such a, a brain fuck because you are, it's always this act of allowing yourself to be seen. So for me, I think of myself as an athlete where it's just, yes. okay, it's about working the muscle. It's about repetition. It's about showing yes. up. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. But okay, you want to know like a secret thing that I do actually? Yes. <laughs> it's like this secret booster pack that I love that I tell people <laughs> is that I, do you remember like as a kid when you won a race or something? And even if it was like just a participation ribbon, there was like a place where it would be like, oh, here are all, here are all the ribbons that you won. Did you actually have that? No, honey, I'm so old. That's, you know, we only got, we only got awards for winning, which is probably why I'm highly competitive. Okay. We're like decades apart. All right. Okay. Honey? See, we missed out on that. We got ribbons for fucking everything. But my point is that there was always this place where it was collected. And for me, it was an yeah. actual drawer. And so we called it the ribbon drawer. So as adults, we don't have those, that place where you can go to see your accomplishments. So what I have people do is screenshot the text messages or the YouTube comments, the moments where people are saying, hey, this thing that you did was really amazing. Here's how, or I just so appreciate this about mm. you. And even though it like kind of makes your stomach hurt because it, it's so hard to internalize all of that stuff, I just screenshot yeah. it and I put it in an album on my phone called The Ribbon Drawer. So in those moments oh, awesome. where I am feeling, I'm just getting in my head and I'm not making the video, whatever, I make myself go to that drawer. And what it does is it takes me out of me because ultimately the work that I'm doing, the way that I'm showing up isn't about me and feeling good and feeling amazing. It's about the impact the thing I create can have and really putting my attention on everyone else and the benefit it could have to them is the type of way, it's the way that I wanna show up in the world. So that's like a secret hack for doing that that has been really transformational it, it, for me. It. Yeah. That's awesome. So listen, as we head out, yes. um, give me one of your you know, one of your big takeaways, a piece of wisdom that you really want to impart on the listeners who are very specific area starting out on their journey. Cause it's that first step is always the hardest. And then you, because you psych yourself out of it, you might've taken a million first steps mm -hmm. and 
just squashed it, feel like a failure, but you, you know, you have it in you to start again. Talk to me, tell me, tell me something, tell me one piece of wisdom beyond the ribbon drawer, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm starting that one today. Um, tell me, tell somebody who's starting, somebody who might not have the content to put in their ribbon drawer. What would be a piece of wisdom you'd want them to to have. Yeah. So the first thing that I think is really important is really understanding what I call your cultural constellation. So that is a mix of your identity, your experiences, your interests, all the things that go into making you you. And when you compile all of that, what we realize is that that's inherently unique. What you're interested in, the way you speak, the stories that you have, all of that is really the unis that nobody can touch. So what I always recommend for people to do, and I'm actually working on creating more of a structure around that to help people, but for right now, it's just write on a, pre a piece of paper some of these things about you. And then when you lean into that, you realize like maybe your thing is crafts and you really want to make a channel about crafts and that's what really lights you up. It's the cultural constellation. It's all the stuff about you. It's your identity. It's all of that that's going to make that craft channel spicy and interesting and going to make people want to stick with it. So and so often we don't honor that. We're so busy trying to be cookie cutter, share from clueless. We're trying to be these other versions of how, and this happens, you see in Instagram and the blogosphere all the time where there are so many people that are just virtually substitutes for each other. And you're like, yeah. I don't know, blonde girl number 271. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once you infuse everything you do with that Eunice, which is a little scary when you're saying, I have ADHD and I'm mixed and I feel like an imposter, all of this stuff. But the more you create content from that space of being authentically you, the mm -hmm. more nobody can touch you and the more yeah. successful you will be. Yeah. Yeah. People definitely resonate with that truth. And, and to know that within that, you will automatically lose the people that aren't your people. Right. Which is so important. Yeah. You know? Um, cause that, that's like, I think, I think that's always like the big fear. Like, well, I'm going to turn somebody off. I'm going to do this and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I love that. That's awesome. Listen, guys, you can learn more about Gia and her work in the description below. We have all of her links to social media where you can find her, including the YouTube video that I found on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, yes. And if I can say, yeah. if you're a pot in the podcast space, my new podcast, the Bold Bitch Podcast yes. is a great way to come hang out with me <laughs> and listen to conversations that we have about all the things. Yes, absolutely. We're going to have that link as well down in down below uh, in the description. So thank you so much, Gia, for your time. It's been amazing. This was so, so, so much fun. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's thrive underscore tribe underscore 3.14159. Um, or of course you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there. Um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there. But if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And 
As always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.